praise the Lord. Um, you know, as I was seeking God, you know, I, I always want to be sensitive to, to God and what it is he wants me to say to you. I mean, there's a, there's a million things you could grab from the Bible and speak about, but I always want to be sensitive to what it is God wants to say to this church or to us as Christians, and not just a message for us as Christians, but something that is that we can apply today, like something that's applicable for the, what we are facing this world today. And so um, the Lord put this in my spirit, you know, as I began to as I began to contemplate the complexity of living as a Christian in 2021. You know, it's 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 complicated. It, it could be difficult. You know, but as I was thinking about that, you know, was it was it any less complicated for the early church? Probably not. You know, we think of it as being more complicated today because of technology and all the different things that we face and all. But really, the early church, they they, they had a lot of things that they were facing, too. And um, so but obviously we do here. But, um, you know, recently my son Lee um, shared a message. Um, I think the title was Grace for Such a Time as This. And, um, you know, and you and I, it's not by choice. It was by God's divine plan that we are living here today. And, and I know he shared that, and I've spoken on that, that passage myself. And I think we really need to, need to understand that, that you didn't tell God you wanted to be born in this generation. You had no choice. You had no choice in your gender uh, or, or any of that. So obviously God knew that we were going to be here at this time so if God knew that we were going to be living in 2021 or this generation, then obviously I believe God is going to equip us to do what, it, what we need to do as Christians to survive in this generation. In other words, just like Lee was saying, we were born for this time. You know, the Old Testament, the, new, the, the, the early church, that was their time. This is our time to shine for Christ. And God's going to equip us to do what it is he needs us to do. So... When you, when you think about Christianity, not every aspect of Christianity is complex. Um, you know, the, we can ask the question, is it wrong to murder? Right. Well, that's, I don't need to, <laughs> I, I know that's wrong. It, 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 it's, it's wrong to murder. Is it wrong to steal? Okay, that, that's not complicated. That's real simple. It's wrong to steal. The Bible says, thou shalt not murder, thou, thou shalt not uh, steal. Should I worship God? That's not complicated. The Bible makes it very clear. We did that this morning. We exalted, we worshiped, we glorified and magnified the name of the Lord. However, when it comes to practical everyday life and decisions, Christianity can then become complex. Um, questions like, who should I marry? Um, where should I work? Where should I live? And then now this COVID thing that's come upon us, and it's not just in our country, but in the entire world, has brought a whole new set of choices and questions regarding wearing masks, vaccines, schooling of our children, employment, you know, and on and on and on. So those kind of things, when you look at the Bible, and I know a lot of us wish that it was like that, you know, like, like if the question was, who should I marry? Well, I wish I could open up the Bible and like right there, it says David should marry with this or, or whatever, where should I live or where should I work? Those kind of things, obviously the Bible is not that specific in that. Um, but the Bible does give us the answers to everything we face in life. Every situation, every circumstance, it doesn't matter what it is, the Bible has the blueprint and the answers for everything that we encounter and that we face in our lives. So when we consider marriage, um, the Bible is not going to specifically say, okay, this is exactly who it is you should marry, but 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, 
Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So the Bible doesn't specifically tell me the name of the person I should marry, but it gives me a guideline to tell me, okay, right off the bat, what does the Bible say? Well, if I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be yoked with someone else that is, that is not a Christian. So that, see what I'm saying? It gives, you, it gives us a guide, a guide. And then employment. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So the Bible might not tell you exactly where to be employed at, but it tells you what to do when you get employed. Do it with all your heart, because you're doing it as unto the Lord. You're working unto the Lord. And um, Psalms 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. So God has not given us his word to trick us or deceive us. His word is given to give us light and direction. That, that's what it's there for. It's not meant, meant to try to you know, be a trickery. It's meant to be very plain, plain and very clear to us that this is the way we should live our lives. This is the way to walk. And I love that scripture, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So what, what you and I need is the ability um, to understand his word so I can apply it to my life's challenges and circumstances. I, I, need the, I need the ability to be able to understand what it is that God's word is saying and then the strength and the, and, the, and the power and the faith to put it into action, to do what it is that God is telling me to do. And in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't, don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, Develop good judgment. So the Bible says, above all things, you and I need wisdom. And that's the title of my message today is getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And you know, I love that. You know, we think, well, what, what's the wisest thing I can do? Well, the Bible says get wisdom. No, but that, it answers that question for us very plainly and very clearly. And you know, most people, including Christians, we seek many other avenues before considering wisdom when we're confronted with life's challenges. You know, I, I think all of us can fall into the category if we're, you know, we're facing a situation that, you know, the first thing we might do is, you know, what is, how much money do I have? Or we might go to our intellect, our understanding, or our way of trying to figure out what it is we need to do to fix our problem or our situation. But very seldom do we really go, go first and consider God's wisdom and God's mind and God's understanding in that situation. But the Bible tells us above all else um, in everything you do, get wisdom. Um, so navigating the world we live in today is not easy, but it is possible. It's possible for us as Christians to not only navigate this world, but to be successful in doing so and to be prosperous and to be blessed and to be peaceful and to, be, to have order and all those different things. It, it is extremely possible to do so. So while we are not given the exact specific answers in every aspect of our lives, um, the, Bible, the Bible does give us the ans answers to every situation that we face. We might not always have the answers, but God does. I don't, even as a pastor, I don't have the exact answer for everything you face in your life. I wish I did, but I know that God does that God's Holy Spirit inside of you as a believer will guide you and lead you into all truth. 
So your employer doesn't have the answer. Your parents doesn't have all the answers. Government certainly doesn't have all the answers. He who created you has all the answers. His name is Jesus, and Jesus Christ has all the answers for us. So um, King David's son Solomon, if you read the Old Testament, uh, Solomon succeeded David as the third king in the nation of Israel. Saul was the first king, and then David uh, succeeded Solomon, and Solomon became the king of Israel. And um, Solomon knew that following his father and leading Israel was not going to be easy. So Solomon gives us tremendous insight into gaining wisdom. I'm going to look at a passage of Scripture here in 1 Kings. And this, this Scripture, I love this passage of Scripture, but look at what it says here. It says, That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For by, my, for by himself, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom, so God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands, as your father David did, I will give you a long life. This, this passage of scripture has always fascinated me, and to this day I'm still intrigued when I read this. And if you think about this story, this story is the proverbial genie in the bottle. God, God was coming to Solomon, and God told Solomon, ask for whatever it is you want, and I will give it to you. In other words, that, that is, and, and I'm not comparing God to, to, to a genie, but if you've, if you've seen the, the, the uh, cartoons or the, the character, characteristics of the, you know, you rub, you rub the, the bottle and the genie pops out, and what does the genie say? Whatever three wishes that you want, you can have. Well, basically, that's what God was offering Solomon. He was asking Solomon, ask whatever it is you want, and I will give it to you. Now, when we read this passage of Scripture, um, we, we, we see what Solomon, the decision that Solomon made, but I doubt very seriously that any of us would have asked for what it was Solomon asked for, myself included. Um, many of us might have asked, I want to be debt-free. You know, I want a bigger house. I, I want a better job. I, you know, all, all these different things that we would, we would have asked for, and we see here that Solomon didn't ask for any of those things. <clears throat> but Solomon asked for wisdom. And there's a great, there's, there's a great deal of us, for us to learn here in this passage of Scripture. So what does his response have to do with you and me obtaining wisdom? I believe it has everything to do with us. So the, the first thing that Solomon teaches us about wisdom is there in verse 9. It says, Give me an understanding heart so that, so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. 
for, by, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours. So the first thing that Solomon taught us here about wisdom is wisdom must be sought. Wisdom must be sought after. We, we, we must desire and hunger after wisdom. See, if you want to be wise, you must seek to be wise. Without hesitation, the first thing that Solomon thought of is, I want to, I want to have a wise and understanding heart to lead these people that you have given me, God. That, that was the first thing that he said. And you and I, unfortunately, when we're confronted with life situations, our go-to is not always wisdom. It, it, it's many other things. And we can look at the world before us today and maybe people even in our own lives that we can see they have not exercised good judgment. Maybe there's been times in your life, and I know in my life, where I have not made wise decisions and I've reaped the, the, the result of the choices that I made, that, that, that it wasn't a wise decision that, that I made. But very seldom, even Christians, I believe that we go to and we think of wisdom as our first go-to. But, but, but that's what the Bible says is the wisest thing that you can get is the wisdom, is the wisdom that comes from the Word of God. See, many times we try to resolve the problem in our strength or in our intellect, or we seek, we seek the ways of others. But, but notice, notice Solomon's progression here, what he did. In verse 7, it says, Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. The first thing that Solomon did is Solomon humbled himself. He was the king of Israel, but he was humbling himself before God and telling God, God, I don't know what to do here. I'm, I'm, just, I'm like a little child. And he was, he was extremely humble. He was broken before God. He wasn't prideful. He wasn't boastful. He was, he was humble before God and said, God, I need, I need your wisdom. So humility is the door that opens us up to wisdom. Because what it is, it's telling us, I can't do this on my own. My understanding, my intellect, my knowledge, my ways is not going to do this. God, I need, I need yours. And so what, what humility does is it removes pride. And pride goes out the door and it's, you just humble yourself before God and say, God, I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I need, I need, I need your, your way. So Solomon humbled himself before God in utter humility as the king of Israel. He was already anointed king, yet humbled himself before God and said, God, I need, I need direction. I need wisdom. So that, that is something for us to really understand, especially for men. I'm speaking to men here. You know, men, we're prideful. You know, we got this. You know, when we're faced with a situation, we, we can fix this. I got this. I understand this. But a lot of times we don't. We don't have all the answers. I don't know how to fix every situation or every problem that comes. But God does. So the first step in, in, in gaining wisdom is, is we humble ourselves before God. And we acknowledge that, God, I need your wisdom. See, wisdom is understanding. It's discernment. It's direction. It's prudence. It's justice. It's judgment. It's all those things that we need from God. And then the next thing that Solomon did is he asked for wisdom. He told the Lord, give me an understanding heart. He, he asked for wisdom. He, he told God, give me an understanding heart. And think about this. What difference would it make in your situation if you pause for just a moment and ask God to give you understanding in every situation that you face? Think about that. Just, just for a moment, before we rush to make a quick decision, a rash decision, just step back for just a moment and everything you face, whether it's finances, your marriage, your children, 
whatever it is, just pause for just a second and ask God, God, before I make a decision in this, especially if it's a big life-altering decision, God, give me wisdom. What difference would that have made? I know in my life, it would have made a tremendous difference. But what happens a lot is we get in the way of God. We step in first before God has an opportunity to show us what it is he would want us to do. We exercise the decision that we want to make. In James chapter 1, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I love that. <laughs> but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And I love this passage of Scripture because um, I don't consider myself to be, like, intelligent. But I do believe that God has given me the ability to exercise wisdom, to have the wisdom that, that God has. So I claim this Scripture over my life. And I claim it by faith that God says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God for it, and he will give it to you generously. So I've done that. And my life, especially when I worked at this, the secular job that I worked at, I might have shared this with y'all before, but um, you know, I was, in, I was in the electrical industry you know, my whole life. Ever since I was 12 years old, I worked in the electrical field. But the electrical industry is such a big industry that you can learn something new every day. I mean, that, there's, that, there's so many different things to learn. And so when you work where I worked at, you were confronted with a lot of things that you didn't, you've never heard of before. You know, it was things I, I didn't know about. And I prayed to God. I said, God, you know, whatever it is that I'm confronted with at my job, give me wisdom. Give me the ability to understand what it is that I'm, that I'm hearing about. And even in my life, I do that as a, as a husband, as a father. I say, God, give me wisdom to raise my children. You know, and if your parents in here, you know, especially as your parents, I mean, as your children are getting older, approaching those teenage years, you need wisdom. You need God's, you need God's wisdom to guide your children, to, to teach your children. You know, some, some of you may be confronted like we were, you know, when your children become teenagers, whether or not to kick them out the house. I mean, that, 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 but that's, that's a hard decision. I mean, and you think, well, that'll never happen to me. It happened to us. And it's difficult. It's, it, it, it's extreme. You need wisdom. Not your understanding, not your intellect, not what your neighbor thinks or what, even what your family members think. You need wisdom from what the Word of God says. But the Bible says, and I love this, if you need wisdom, and how many of y'all need wisdom? I need wisdom. <laughs> Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. So nobody should ever be complaining, I don't have wisdom. Because the Bible says if you need wisdom, all you have to do is ask for it. And God will give it to you, the Bible says. I, I love that. So I claim that scripture. And it's a faith scripture because what, what does James say there? It says you ask for wisdom, but then what do you do after you ask for it? You don't doubt. <laughs> In other words, you can't ask for it. You say, well, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work right. I'm, am I going to? No. You, you ask for the wisdom, and then you, then you walk away trusting that God is going to give you the right answer and the right direction for your need. Without wavering, the Bible says, you ask, you, you ask for wisdom. So all we need to do is, is, just, is just ask for wisdom. That, that's what God is saying. So that, that's the first thing. Solomon, and think about just like put, your, put yourself in Solomon's shoes and think about it that if God approached you and said, ask for whatever it is you want to ask for and I will give it to you. <laughs> think about that. 
What would you have said? Solomon said, give me a wise and understanding and discerning heart that I might lead your people. Isn't that beautiful? I, I love that. It's just so, it, 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 it teaches us so much. And then the next thing that Solomon showed us is that wisdom must be from God. Our wisdom must be from God. See, Solomon only asked the Lord for wisdom. He didn't go to anybody else. He didn't go to none of his, I'm sure he had a, a, a circle of uh, people around him. I'm sure he had uh, uh, military people that were around him. He could have went to a lot of different places, a lot of different people. To ask, where did he go? He went to one source, to the Lord. He went to Jehovah and asked him for wisdom. See, this is the dilemma many Christians find themselves in today. They are seeking wisdom from too many sources. And I can tell you this as a pastor, as your pastor, it's not wrong to go to other places to hear what God is saying or to see what God is teaching or to see the different things that God is doing in our life or in the world today. But you have to always allow Scripture and the Bible to be your main source. And if you go out, and even if it's other Christian avenues, other Christian things, sometimes that can even cloud and confuse what the Word of God says. See, I want, I want complete clarity on what does God's Word say. I don't want it to be uh, you know, polluted by what man thinks it says. And again, it's not wrong to go to another source and, and to glean understanding and to glean a deeper insight into what the Word of God says. But if you are out there spreading yourself too thin with all these other sources, you are going to lose sight of what God says. So, so, so we, need, we need the wisdom of God. I need, I, need, I need the wisdom that the Word of God says. So um, 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight, as it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. See, the Bible speaks of another wisdom. There's a worldly wisdom. <laughs> See, the world, they have, the world has wisdom. But is it, is it good? Well, let's look at the world we're living in today and the chaos that we, that, that's, a, that's unfolding right before our very eyes. And let's see how well their wisdom is working out for them. They, get a, they, they fail. They get an F grade in that. But, it's, but it, they, the Bible says there is a wisdom of the world. But see, I don't want the world's wisdom. I want God's wisdom. So it's not just saying, God, I need wisdom. What, what are we saying? God, I need your wisdom. Not the world's wisdom. Not the world's understanding. And the world, they can come across, they can come across wise. But if it's not what God says, it's going to lead them in the wrong direction. It's going to lead us in the wrong direction. See, we need a wisdom. See, their wisdom is, is excluding God from their thinking and decision-making. Godly wisdom involves God. It honors God and it seeks God in everything we do. See, a godly wisdom is say, saying, God, I'm going to honor you in, in the decisions that I make. I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to honor who you are. I'm going to have reverence. I'm going to have all these different things. I'm going to honor you in my life because I want your wisdom and your understanding for my life. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What's the fear of the Lord? It's worshiping God. It's honoring God. It's reverencing God. It's respecting God. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's our hearts must be set on pleasing Him. The, 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 the reverence, the, the respect, the honor of God is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it begins. Godly wisdom. Don't just ask God for wisdom. You'll get wisdom from a lot of different places. Ask God for His wisdom. Say, God, I want, I want godly wisdom. 
Look at this description here I came across on wisdom. Um, it says the ancient Hebrews associated wisdom with our modern term skill, even though skill is not a direct translation of the Hebrew term. Skill implies that wisdom is an actual practice, excellence in quality or expertise in the practice of one's occupation, craft, or art. People may acquire many skills in life, but the Bible focuses on human life and its God-given purpose. Therefore, a practical definition of biblical wisdom is skill in living according to God's way of life. Don't you love that? Let me say that again. It says, people may acquire many skills in life, but the Bible focuses on human life and its God-given purpose. Isn't that so true? The Bible is written about us and about the life that we live. Therefore, a practical definition of biblical wisdom is skill in living according to God's way of life. Now, you, you could spend your whole life developing that skill of, of living your life according to, the, to, to God's way of life. But that's really what godly wisdom is. Godly wisdom is when we come to a place where when, we, we, when you and I make a choice, it's the same choice God would make. It's the same way God would go. It's the same decision he would make. It's according to God. It's according to his ways, his word, and his truths. That's when we become wise. Why? Because we, we, we begin to get the mind of Christ, as the Bible says. See, this is true, this is true wisdom. It is actually making decisions the way God would. See, God is the source of all wisdom. And um, I came across this when I was preparing for this. It says, godly wisdom does not always initially appear to be the wiser practical way, but it is always wiser despite common human opinion. There was a lot of times you could, you could look at God's way of doing something and it might not seem like the right way, but it is because it's God's way of doing it. It might not seem practical. It might not seem like the right way, but if it's God's word and God's, God's truth, then it is the right way to go. It's, it's, it's wisdom. And, and, and I can tell you, y'all can look at people in your life and, and it's amazing when you look at someone and you just look at their life and look at the way they live their life, whether it's chaos in their home or chaos in their finances or their marriage is stressed or they never seem to be able to hold down a job and all these different things. And you look at the life and say, what is the disconnect? Why is that person having such a difficult time living this life? They're not exercising godly wisdom. They're not living according to God's word. And the life is in chaos. You and I need the wisdom of God. The, and, and that's what you should want. We should desire that. God, I want to live wise according to your word, according to what your way is right. So the, an example in, in wisdom in, in this, where it might not always make sense, um, one example of this is tithing. And I've said this before. The concept or the principle of tithing to the human mind does not make any sense that God would tell us to take 10% of the money that you make and give it to him, and by doing so, God is going to bless you. In other words, in other words by, giving, by giving, you're going to gain. Now, that's not the motivation. The motivation for tithing should not be to gain. That, that's not my motive. But what's the result? What's the reward? I gain. And I'm here to tell you, and my wife can tell you, um, I was tithing before we married, we, I am telling you, the, the, the tithe works. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God has always increased. There's always been an increase for us. 
And it's all, I can always take it back and, and connect that to, to tithing. That, that's just one example where, where that, it doesn't make any sense. But that's, that's wisdom. That, that, that's the word of God. Uh, other, other translations, um, when Solomon said, give me an understanding, says, one translation, when it says, give me an understanding heart, it says, so give your servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart. And that really struck me when I, when I thought about that, you know, a, a hearing heart. How do you get a hearing heart for God? You shut down what you're hearing from the world. Because if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm spending so much time listening to what the world says, I'm probably not doing a really good job of listening to what God says. I need a hearing heart, a heart that is quiet and, and peaceful before God, that is just open to hear what the Word of God says. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to the things of the world. I want to read the news. I want to see all the things that are happening. But I have to limit, and you have to do that as a believer. You've got to limit the other things you listen to. They might be true. They could be good. They could be whatever. But what it's going to do, it's going to prevent you from hearing God, from hearing the voice of God. So Solomon prayed, God, give me a hearing heart. I love that. What does that mean? That I'm always listening to what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me. What is God saying? That's what I want. That's wisdom. You're not going to live, you're going to live, you're going to be wise. And then we're going to be examples. So you're going to be an example to that family member that for whatever reason can't figure out how to get life straight. they just a wreck. But they come over by your house and your house is in order. Your wife loves you. The husband and wife love each other. The kids are, you know, the kids are doing great. You've got a good job. There's peace. What is it? i got the wisdom of God. i got God, not worldly wisdom. I have godly wisdom. It'll be noticeable. The world will notice when you have the wisdom of God. And then the next thing that Solomon showed us in 1 Kings 3, 9, it says, For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Wisdom, wisdom must be applied. We must apply wisdom. Solomon knew that if God gave him this wisdom, he was going to apply the wisdom God gave him to leading the nation of Israel. He wanted to, he wanted to be a great successor, successor of his father David, and lead the people of Israel in the way that they should go. Solomon wanted wisdom to lead and govern the nation of Israel. You and I must apply the wisdom of God's word to our lives. In other words, and I've said this before, we can read the Bible, and, and, and we should read the Bible. That's the, that's the beginning. But you can read a scripture, and you can look at the scripture and say, man, I love that scripture. I just love it. It sounds so great. I just, it's just such a great scripture. And you can close the Bible put it back on the table, back on your shelf, and walk away. And if you don't apply what it says, it means nothing. It sounded good. It might have made you feel good for a moment. But if you don't use application, it, 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 it didn't do anything. So what? You, you, read, you read it. So we have to be willing to apply it. So we have, we have to know the Word. So how do you know the Word? Well, you know the Word by reading the Word. We read the Word of God. That's how I know what the Bible says. I read it. It, it's simple. It's not complicated. I read the Bible, and, the, and I know what the Bible says because I've read it. Then the next step is you must believe the Word, okay? Some people read the Bible. They probably have historians, science, scientists, uh, even, you know, uh, different people in the world. They read the Bible, but they're not, they don't believe what it says. <laughs> they might be studying it. I don't know what they're doing, but they don't believe it. I have to believe what it says. What does that require? 
That requires faith. I have to place my faith in that. I, I read the Bible, and then the next thing I do is faith, and then you must apply the word. And what does application mean? Action. I put, I put the word of God into action. That, 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 that's how it's going to work. So, um, you know, uh, and you could read, you know, the book of Proverbs, and, and y'all know who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon. And that, shouldn't be a, that should not be a surprise to us. He, he asked for wisdom. You read the book of Proverbs, and I wasn't going to do this, but I came across this passage, and I said, i got to read this. And th this is just an example of, um, and this is just one chapter. And I hope, I mean, I'm sure many of y'all, we've all read the book of Proverbs, but Proverbs is so, it's so practical. It's like, and it, and it gives you like, it's like right there. It's like, but you have to make the choice, though. When, when Solomon's given us this, he's, he's given us, you know, the difference between wise and unwise, but you've got to be willing to make the decision to be on the wise side of what he's teaching us, not the other side. So look what, 13, this isn't on the screen, but I'm going to read this. In, in, in Proverbs 13, it says, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. Now, how many sons you know out there or daughters did not listen to their parents? And what path did that, in, did that get them on? From the fruit of his lips, a man enjoys good things, but the unfaithful have a craving for violence. Let's talk about prudence. I'm going to, I'm going to be prudent. I'm going to be faithful in, in, in what I'm doing. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. How many people just, they just mouth off. They just mouth off. Man, you just know that person. You just rip, they just, they just, they just, they just rash. But what does the Bible says? He who guards his lips guards his life. Just sit back and have a quiet spirit. The sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. That is so wise that you, you look at someone, you say, well, well, I, you know, my house, I keep my house nice. I like to keep everything in work in order. Well, guess what? It takes diligence. In other words, I got to work at that. I, I, I do things. I, I'm, I'm out there. I'm fixing things. I'm, I get on the roof with the leaves and, and all the stuff that's under it. I'm on the roof cleaning the gutters. You know, things. That takes diligence. But what does it say? The, the, the sluggard craves and gets nothing. That's wisdom. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked bring shame and disgrace. The, the righteous hate what is false, but the wicked bring shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards the man of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. Righteousness becomes our guard. It becomes our guide. One man pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor and has great wealth. That's humility. That's humility. A man's riches may ransom his life, but a poor man hears no threat. In other words, the guy has all his riches, but he's, he's, he's in constant worry. He's in constant turmoil over all the things that he owns. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Thank you, Jesus. So I got the gospel. I got, I got the light of Christ. I got, the light, I got the light of Jesus. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. How many people you know, they refuse to take godly counsel? They refuse to take the, the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, and look at their, 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 lives are, their lives are in a wreck. Dishonest money dwindles away, 
but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. That's young people need to hear that. Because see, what does a young person want? When a young person gets married or when they, get, when they first get their job, what they want? They want to be rich. But the Bible says dishonest gain or, 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 gain, or, qu- or wealth quickly gained dwindles away. But he who gains it little by little. What's that? That's perseverance. That, that's, man, I'm just, I'm just working. And, I, and that's what I did my whole life. I worked. I, I just worked. I, I, told, I, told, I think I told the congregation this. I, I told you I, was, I, I couldn't believe this. And this was even before I got my job working in, when I was working at the logical place in Chalmette. My mom used to line up people that she worked with at the hospital with different doctors and stuff. And she let me go wash their car. I'd go clean their house, dust their furniture, vacuum their carpet. And I couldn't believe that I could walk in, I could dust the furniture and vacuum the carpets, and they would hand me money. I, I'm not kidding. It blew me away. I walked, out of the, I walked out of the house with cash in my hands. I said, this is all I need to do to get money is work. I work. And that's what I did. I just, I worked. It's not complicated. If you work, you get paid. That's what the Bible says. That's wisdom. Yes, the Bible says that. He who doesn't work doesn't eat. This says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. He who scorns instruction will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. This is so much wisdom. That's just one, that ain't even a whole chapter. That's just one part. Read Proverbs. But don't just read it. See, all of that, that sounds really nice. But it ain't there to sound nice. It's there for you to put it into application and to, to take it and put it into action. So really, the Bible in its entirety is a book of wisdom. That's what it is. Just like that description when I was given about wisdom, it's written about life. God wrote the Bible for us. How to live life, and guess what? How to live it to the full. And how to live it where you're satisfied and you have peace and you have joy, and all of those things. I want all of those things. We, we need wisdom to do these things. See, the Bible proven over centuries to those who apply the word to their lives are blessed, they're prosperous, they're successful, they're peaceful, and above all else, they're wise. You know, you look at someone, look at Brother Carl. You know, it's like Brother Carl, like everything Pastor Carl touches is like successful. Why? Because he's, he, he's exercised wisdom in his life. He lives his life in, in, a, in a wise way according to the word of God. And God has blessed him. Do we deserve what God has given us? No. But that's God's promise. That's what God wants to do for us. That's what God wants to give us.